Hi, and welcome to season four of the LJPC Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Cunningham. I can't believe this is the beginning of season four. Because of COVID and our brains losing all sense of time, I feel like season three never even happened. In fact, I had to go back to make sure this was actually the beginning of season four and I hadn't missed something. That being said, I can't start a season without having this guy on the podcast, the man, the myth, my husband and your pastor, Paul Cunningham. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. That's the sound of people cheering. So good to hear people cheering. Hi, and welcome, Paul. Good to have you. All right. <laughs> that was an awkward little like intro. Awkward? Hi, and welcome, Paul. All right. All right. Okay, let's get serious. Okay, we have a lot to talk about today, so buckle up, Paul, because uh, this is going to be a long one. All right. You haven't been on the podcast since last fall, so why don't you just let us know how you're doing? What's been going on with the Cunninghams? I think things are going well. It has been um, a crazy year. It's hard to imagine that we are 20 months into COVID, which just seems absolutely unreal. But I think uh, Cunningham's are doing well. Uh, Micah and I, as many of you may know, drove up to Spokane to start help him start his junior year and got him moved into a house with five other guys. And he seems to be doing great and enjoying majoring in theology and uh, reading lots and writing lots of papers. And Morgan's uh, the high school director up at Solana Beach Press, which has been um, great to have her nearby. And she's in a great church, so we feel really uh, blessed to have her close by and um, being able to serve at a great church. And you've been staying busy with your tiles mm-hmm. and mosaic tiles and mm-hmm. selling them around the world. The world. I got an <laughs> order from Tel Aviv the other day, which was that was super cool. It's amazing. I think that was my first Israel order. So wow. Love that. So Very cool. Um, so we've been back in person for a little while at the church, um, but there's still that COVID monkey in the room. So let's uh, <laughs> briefly discuss that that we, monkey. We can discuss that very briefly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the masks and vaccination and, um, you know, there's varying opinions and varying thoughts and people who aren't getting vaccinated and people who are and people who are frustrated on both sides. But um, as a church and with the elders, we've spent um, a lot of time discussing this and just feel that we are going to follow um, what San Diego County is doing, which is currently recommending that people wear masks when they're indoors, but not requiring that. And so I think that that's kind of uh, the balance that we've struck. And I'm actually asking my staff to wear masks when they're indoors and um, at church on Sundays, just because of a, a lot of people that are around. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it has not been the easiest of times trying to figure out uh, the best answer and and the right answer and trying to find um, the sweet spot and all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. You've been doing a great job, though, hon. Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure about that, but anyway. So. Everyone's just winging it. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, most programs are back. So you, can you update us on how things are going with those different programs? Yeah, I think things are, you know, coming back pretty strong. Our, our youth ministry never really lost a beat mm-hmm. between uh, particularly middle school and high school. They kind of um, have kept the same amount of numbers that they had even pre-COVID and the they seem to be doing really well. And then our children's ministry had been meeting outdoors at Calumet Park um, until the end of the summer. And then Susie and her team decided to bring the children back in to X-Zone, which is the room upstairs above the preschool classrooms. And that seems to have been going really well. I think parents really appreciate that because now if you have middle school kids 
um, or grade school kids. You have a program at the church from five to seven. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of parents are uh, using that as an opportunity for a date night or just a chance to connect, which I think is great that they can drop their kids off. The kids can hear about Jesus and the, the hope that he is in our lives. And the parents can have some time to kind of decompress and talk about their day or talk about their week or whatever, whatever they need to. So I think that that's been good. Our Bible studies are coming back. Scott's teaching his Bible study and Cynthia's teaching hers. And I think that's been a a good thing. Uh, The choir, you know, was back this week, which was awesome. So they have been anxious to get back in the choir loft and Mm -hmm. we've just been trying to be um, as safe as we can be, but also be hopeful that they can get back. And so I think that that's, you know, that's been going well. I think the one, uh, the one, number that still does not seem to have bounced back as well as the others is is actually in-person worship. Mm-hmm. I think we're down, we're probably averaging 50 or 60% of what we did before COVID. And so I think that that's the, the probably, probably one of the questions for me is not necessarily just why, but mm-hmm. um, what do we do with that? And um, how do we think through if Sunday mornings aren't where everyone's going to be showing up what are we going to do about that? And, and, I, and I'll talk a little bit more about that mm-hmm. later. But right. um, I think people are still participating. It just looks different. So I, I, I think, you know, I think there is a, a sense of we're getting some traction. I, I've talked about that before. I feel that one of the things that COVID really did uh, for a year or so is we kind of just lost traction. We lost traction mm-hmm. as staff. We lost traction with a lot of programs. And, you know, and that's just kind of hard to regain that traction. But I feel like the last couple of months, uh, particularly as you see the COVID numbers kind of coming down mm-hmm. now, and I just saw somewhere that looks like they're down 20% mm-hmm. as they were, you know, a month or two months ago. So I think that's encouraging, but, you know, it's still just people are a little wary and people are a little cautious. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, that, that's kind of what I see happening around us. Right. So maybe people are starting to run out of excuses well, to not come. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. We're hoping. <laughs> All right. Well, that kind of leads us into uh, the state of the church. And so why don't you give us a little, um, just your thoughts on the state of the church as a whole, because you and I have a lot of pastor friends, a lot of people in full-time ministry that we talk to. And so we know what's going on in our church, of course, but we also know what's going on in a lot of other churches. So talk about the state of the church as a whole and just the state of La Jolla Press. You've already started talking a little bit about the state of La Jolla Press, but just a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think think a lot of pastors are struggling and um, just knowing that personally and just from stories that I hear. And uh, it's been a hard season for for pastors in terms of uh, politics has played a role in that. Technology has played a role in that. I think exhaustion has played mm-hmm. a role in that. So I think a lot of a lot of pastors are trying to sort through how do I how do I navigate all of this? And I think some churches have done that uh, fairly well. I think La Jolla Press has done that really well, which I'm super grateful for an incredible staff, mm-hmm. an incredible group of elders who have really uh, kind of all pulled in the same direction. So I think that's been good. But a lot of churches haven't had that blessing and haven't been that fortunate. And so they've pulled in different directions and people have left their church and, you know, either watching other churches online or have gone different places. So I, I, I think that the the next year or so will be interesting to me because I think there'll be a time of um, a lot of shuffling and reshuffling. And I don't know where everything, everyone's going to end up, mm-hmm. but I think there's just, you know, there's a sense of uh, things change so much and people got used to watching church online or didn't go to church or whatever. And so I think they're just kind of in an age of exploration. So I think that um, whatever the church can do to show 
care and concern for community is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always what the church has been about. Hopefully the church has been about. And so I think uh, for the state of the church as a whole, that that focusing on that would be, is really important. I talk about, um, you know, it's hard as I think about our church, it's trying to figure out what should we, we, we be measuring mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, if you measure worship attendance, well, you're like, well, we're down 50 or 60%, but most people look at worship attendance and think that, oh, that's one of the things um, that we measure. So I actually brought some numbers just because people kind of ask this sometimes of, you know, what's actually happening mm-hmm. on uh, with our worship attendance. So I just want to break that down between kind of some online stuff and uh, people in person. We're averaging around 350 people on a um, Sunday morning um, in church in, in, person. in person. And so that's probably less than that's about half of what we were averaging before COVID. But the interesting thing is, like, when we look at people watching online, where we average 200 people um, throughout the week or 200 vi- vi- viewing units mm-hmm. throughout the week. That could be one person. It could be three mm-hmm. people. We don't know how many people are watching. Um, about 200 people stream the service throughout the week. Another 30 or 40 listen on the podcast. Another 100 or 150 are watching on Facebook. And um, I guess some people are still watching on Vimeo. We have this is the interesting thing of technology. A couple of weeks ago, Jim was looking at our, Jim Cedric, our uh, communications director, was looking at our Vimeo views. And on one certain week, we had 386 people in Littleton, Colorado that listened to my sermon. (laughs) What? And so I have no idea (laughs) what that means. I don't know anybody. I don't think you know anybody in Littleton, Colorado. And so it's the strange thing of technology that it's showing us that 386 people decided to so maybe some pastor Bizarre. just took the, took the Sunday off and told his people to watch me. Listen I don't, to La Jolla Press. I don't really know Love what he it. did. But I think so if you take those numbers, and I know it's a lot of numbers, but you kind of push them all together, I think we're probably reaching more people now than we were before mm-hmm. COVID. So that's um, our online presence has certainly grown. The quality of our online presence, uh, which I think is actually also a deterrent for people showing back up for church because mm-hmm. the quality of online is so good. So I think some just choose to watch it that way and and that's fine. Um, so anyway, so I think in terms of measuring, we, we kind of measure all of that and try and make sense of that. If we talk about finances, the church is doing fine financially. I mean, we always could use a little bit more. So I don't want to say that, uh, you know, we're, we're killing it in terms of money, but we're hitting our budgets and we're hitting our numbers of income and uh, reducing our expenses. So I think that that's uh, going fine. And I think for me, I just keep coming back to this this vision statement of we want people to experience and express the transforming love of Jesus. Mm. And so that's kind of where I've landed in terms of what I want to measure. Are we giving people a chance to experience Christ's love? And are we giving them an opportunity to express that? Mm-hmm. So whether that's through Sunday school, worship, choir, small groups. Um, we want people to, to experience Christ's love, but then we also want them to be able to express that. So how do we move out and engage in mission. So I think that's um, that's happening. And then we're also looking for a pastor of outreach and engagement. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the big, if people were like, how can we be praying? I think praying for that is a huge thing. We're uh, interviewing some of our final candidates uh, last week and this week. So um, hoping to probably not wrap it up in the next couple of weeks, but certainly by the end of the year, have a candidate that we're excited about and mm-hmm. will be able to join us in 2022. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that person was really going to help connect us with uh, doing, going deeper in small groups, connecting people out in outreach and mission and figuring out how we partner better with our mission partners. Mm-hmm. So I think for La Jolla Press, that's probably the main, I mean, I'm sure there's other stuff you may want to know about, but that's, 
that's a lot of what's happening. Yeah. Are the, are the things you expressed is, are those the main challenges you think the church, um, th- that you think we're facing? Yeah, or do you I think th- there's uh, something more there? I think the, I think one of the challenges we're facing, and I don't think it's just La Jolla Press. I think this is the mm-hmm. church. I think, um, I think that the, the last year, last 20 months has been very difficult on a lot of people, not on everybody. But even for those who it wasn't super difficult for, I think there was a a, a sense of a loss of hope. Mm. And I don't think that that's, I mean, maybe some people say that's politically or, you know, culturally. I, I mean, you can argue that, put that in a lot of different directions. But I think that the church of the Western world or the church, you know, of the West Coast, um, we're not really used to adversity. Mm. Like we, we may have lost our way. We may have been frustrated that, um, you know, th- we didn't always get what we wanted. But my concern is that people have lost hope. And I think that the challenge for the church is to figure out how do we keep communicating hope? I mean, I know at times in my own life, and you know this, you're married to mm-hmm. me. I mean, there were times where I really did kind of despair of this just isn't working and this doesn't feel right. And um, kind of how do we get through that? And I know if I'm feeling that, then other people are feeling that as well. So I think the church, the one of the challenges in front of the church is how do we re-inspire hope for people? And we know that that hope comes from Jesus, mm. but um, I, I think that's a, a concern that I have. Do you think it's a loss of hope, like in our government, in society, in the church? Are they just worried about the future? What do you think that loss of hope is? Uh, I think it's a compounding of all of those things. I think there's a lot of frustration. I think there's... Um, a lot of concern for future, concern for people's, their kids and their grandkids of, you know, what is what is our nation becoming? And and I tend to tell people, I'm like, I think this world has always been probably not the greatest of places ever. And there's been a lot of sadness and sorrow around, but we just now know so much more about it mm-hmm. than we used to. So I think that that's where the world of social media, the world of instant news, um, the world of, you know, news that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think... I think that's where a part of the problem is, is because we just we are bombarded. I was talking to someone about this the other day. I said, I feel we're just bombarded uh, by bad news or negative news. It doesn't matter where you fall in the political spectrum. There's just always sniping and people mm, complaining. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that does take a toll. And I shared this a while ago that, you know, I finally I was listening to this podcast that I really liked until I just realized it was full of bad news about mm-hmm. pastors and bad news about the church. And I just stopped listening because I couldn't, I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and I was like, I've got to spend that in a positive way. So, right. yeah. So I think there's a lot, a lot of lot going on with that. Right. Well, I know you've been reflecting on a specific quote in recent weeks. Please share that quote <laughs> and uh, what it means to you in the context of our church and our ministry. Yeah, so the quote, I don't know who actually came up with it. It's some business leaders, guys, leadership guys. I coined it probably 15 or 20 years ago. But they said people don't resist change as much as they resist loss. Mm. And I think that um, that's important for me because things are the world is always changing. The church is changing. Society is changing. Our lives change. But loss is what people really resist. And I think that there has been a lot of loss in the last 20 months, mm-hmm. um, people losing jobs, people losing a voice at the table, people losing, you know, a style that they like or a worship service that they like, or, 
being in person to worship or people losing, you know, what I think there's just a lot of loss and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that most of us are really good at processing that loss. And so when we can't process it, we resist it and we push back against it. And so I think that, that there's some concern in my mind of how are we going to kind of emerge out of this, this lost 20 months that we've had. And I think to tie in with that, maybe this goes back to their question um, in terms of concerns. I think I am, I am super concerned about kind of the mental health capacity of people. Mm. I think there has been the loss, the change, the lockdown world, I think has had a lot of um, negative impact on kind of like even our mental psyche and how we're doing. So that's part of the reason why we're doing on the second Saturday of November, we're having a mental health day. We're not calling it mental health day. We're talking about grace and grit and resilience Mm. and kind of how we stay resilient in a world, but giving us some, some tools that we can use to kind of be like, this is how we process the world that we're in. Mm -hmm. This is how we deal with loss. Like what are some, cause I think that's, what's helpful for people. Like, what are some practical tips I can take home, whether I'm struggling in my work, in my marriage, with raising kids, with grandkids, with whatever, mm-hmm. but just some overall tools that can be used to to make a difference. Is that an all-day event? Yes. So it's the second Saturday of November from 9 to 2. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we're going to start announcing that in the upcoming week. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, sounds great. So we may have already covered this, so we don't have to. We can skip this one if you want. But there does seem to be a divide in our country and in churches. <laughs> really? Um, we have seen that. And not, I mean, our church is pretty cool. You yes, know what I, I mean? Agree. Like, our people are pretty cool about stuff. I agree. Um, but definitely we have friends. I mean, we've had a few little tweaks here and there with, I don't know if tweak is the right word, but we've had a few little There's always something, things so. here and there, but definitely some of our friends have had more challenges in, in their churches. But, uh, do you see this playing out personally somewhere in our community or our church? I think the, you know, it's, it's interesting when I think about my leadership style and, I really like to keep everybody at the table. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is becoming progressively harder because people don't want to, we're, we're not listening as well as we used to. I'm not sure we were great listeners <laughs> pre COVID, but I think, I think the last several months have just um, created more of a listening problem. And, I, and and a part of it is because what was taken away was fellowship. What was mm-hmm. taken away was breaking bread. What was taken away was actually sitting in the room with someone who you may not necessarily agree with and realizing, Hey, we can still be friends. We still agree on the big things and we need to figure out either how to, you know, agree to disagree or how to work our way through this. And I think that the last several months have basically eroded that. And so I think for me, you know, what kind of one of my hopes coming out of this is, yeah, we are, we, you know, we're, we're, we're a purple church. We're a purple state. Um, well, probably more than purple state, but, um, you know, it's like, how do we, I, I think La Jolla press is at its best when we figure out that what we really care about is Jesus mm. and caring about the love of Jesus. And then how do we express that? Mm-hmm. And people are going to express that differently, but if we can get around the center being Jesus, if we can learn each other's stories, um, if we can listen instead of just kind of launching in, uh, I, I think there's great hope in that and so mm-hmm. i think that that I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do we how do we keep people at the table i don't mm-hmm. want people leaving um because i don't think that, that solves it either but like how do we in the next year and, and part of the, the the new pastor we're hiring that'll be part of their job too of like how do we 
create environments where we can actually have these conversations mm-hmm. um, and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I hope people understand that um, we're so passionate about worship and, uh, and these programs and engaging people in these ministries because we do think it's transformational. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do think it improves their lives. And it improves their families. And and we our church has so much to offer. And so I know that we shouldn't take it personally when people miss out on those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if taking it personally is the right way to say it. It probably isn't because it's more that we just feel sad that people are missing these wonderful things and this wonderful experience that could be transformational to their life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's one of the things that I'm hoping... Yeah, I've been talking with a lot of our mission partners of how do we, as we come out of this now, how do we re-engage with you all mm-hmm. in your ministries? Because I, I am convinced that that the best learning happens when we're together. Like if we can take a group down to Ebenezer, our church plant, and and be with them and do a work project together, or we can go down to Urban Life and um, you know work on the farm together. If we can partner with Big Table and the work that they're doing with restaurant workers. Mm-hmm. I think when you're when you are side by side with someone, um, you can learn so much from mm-hmm. them by just having a conversation and a dialogue like what we're, right. what, we're what we're doing right, right here. We're actually sitting by side by side for those of you who don't know. We're, um, we're we're being good guys of just like like we're watching a game but we're sitting side by side. Being good guys you know, like dudes. Dudes who go to a game and they just <laughs> My wife never understands how you have these conversations sitting side by side and you don't have to be face to face. But I think side by side, like the image I have is like just working together. And as I hear someone's story, I realize their story may be different than mine, but it's also very similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to figure out kind of how we do that. And yeah, our church is amazing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the amount of money y'all raised for Alliance for African Assistance. I mean, to think that we came with a $50,000 challenge grant. Uh, and within three weeks, we had raised $160,000, including, right. including that $50,000, and, and people continue to give. Right. Um, I mean, it's amazing. And that so is. I think that that's where I am so proud of our church mm-hmm. because the people we, we you, you all see a need, mm-hmm. and you give faithfully to that. Mm-hmm. And that because uh, that, that shows the world because we feel like, well, who's really doing anything? Mm-hmm. And as La Jolla Press, to be able to say, well, we have, and right. we're helping, and we're collecting household items. And I heard today that Alliance is coming by to pick up some of those mm-hmm. items that people need, which is great. Um, and so I think that that's, you know, those those play, those ministries that have been birthed out of La Jolla Press are just testimonies to God's faithfulness and testimony to the faithfulness of this church mm-hmm. that way before we got here and hopefully way long after we leave here, that people will still be figuring out um, how can we make a difference in San Diego and in our world. Right. And, you know, we were not surprised at all that all that all of that money was raised or well, that you were all not, of you were not things. surprised at all. Yes. <laughs> you weren't either. Well, I. I always I'm I'm the more optimistic yes, one. Yes. And so, you know, when when Paul said, oh, we we had this 50,000 that we're going to try to match. And I was like, oh, we're going to go way above and beyond, yeah, you know, that's right. and you were right. And I mean, the bottom line is over the 15 years that we have served at this church, we have seen you guys go above and beyond yeah, every absolutely. single time. So that's was my expectation, because that's what you have trained me to yes. expect. Well, and that's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, because someone was giving me a hard time last week and saying, you acted so surprised by the <laughs> amount of money that was raised. And I, and they said, we find that really cute because 
you always act surprised what? that we actually did it, even though you know we're going to do it. And right. so, um, yeah, I think we're, well, speaking for myself, but I think speaking for Shannon and me, um, we both feel very fortunate oh, to be yes. where we are and to be in such a great, faithful, Christ-filled uh, congregation. Yeah, because we know what other churches are like, and they aren't like you yes, all. Yes, that's right. That's very true. You all are very special. So you did talk a little bit about the communities that our church supports, that our church has birthed, and what's going on in their ministries. Is there anything more you want to talk about with there with Ebenezer? You want to say anything more about them? Or I think everyone's doing great. I mean, I think it's been... Um, I, I wish I I think the one thing I wish is I wish I had more time in my life because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I get to hang out with our mission partners and the people who run them um, enough. And mm-hmm. I think that that's it's because uh, they're all just great and incredible people and super gifted in so many ways. And so I you know, either go down and visit every now and then or have a brief conversation. But it would be it'd be nice to have more time to uh, to really engage in their world. But mm-hmm. they're doing great things. I think most of our mission partners have fared pretty well through covid. And now it's now it's the new kind of like now that all the money has been given to help people get through COVID, it's like, okay, now we've got to start the whole kind of fundraising thing yeah. again of like, okay, now we have to just pay the normal bills. Um, but yeah, I think our, our partners have done remarkably well in the midst of all this. And isn't there something coming up, a serve day or something with Ebenezer? Ebenezer, yeah, we're gonna have a, a family serve day on the first Saturday of November. And um, we'll be giving getting more information out about that. I can't remember the exact times, but um, so we don't know what we're going to do for that yet. It's just you go down and take care of uh, you. There's projects within the community, okay, so they meet Linda Vista Presbyterian Church, and everyone kind of takes a project together as a group, and they go and clean or paint or whatever. Good. The project is well. We will be participating yes. in that, so come and join us yes, for that's that. Very true. Um, are we already? Have we already talked about everything? I think we're pretty close, I but this like, has been going on for a while. Well, so. no, it, no, hardly at all. <laughs> we, we, I feel like we're just scratching the surface. The next surface. time we let people, they can write in questions or something. That oh, they, that, oh things, that's a good idea. Things that they want. So <laughs> I'll, I'll answer some of them, probably not all of them. <laughs> that's a good idea. We should do that. That's yes. fun. Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to share before we close? I think just uh, a couple of probably a month or so ago. I've lost track exactly, but I decided I wanted to go back and start reading the Psalms for my devotional reading. And I've done different things in different ways with devotional reading. And I've always journaled, but with my reading, I do different things. But I started I started rereading the Psalms and was struck by a couple of things that I'm trying to keep at the forefront of my mind. Um, one is that the image of light prevails throughout the Psalms, that there is this darkness, but there's also this light. And the second one is the image of a path. And numerous times the psalmist says, Lord, show me the path, mm-hmm. keep me on the path, mm-hmm. direct my paths. Um, and I and I think that's really become a, a part of my prayer life of saying, Lord, I, I want to be able to see the path and I want to be able to stay on the path. And I know that God typically does not light up the entire path. Like as you're making your way, he gives you just enough that you can see. And I think I keep saying, Lord, help me to see where you want me to go and where you want this church to go. Mm. Because I think that that's, we we do, have, I, I believe we've got some unique opportunities coming out of all this whole COVID thing where people are trying to find meaning and people are trying to find a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think the church, you know, we offer people a purpose mm. and it's not just following Jesus. It's like, when we're on the ground, when we're doing work, when we're collecting, when we're serving, 
Um, that's what the body of Christ is best best at. And it's mm-hmm. what it's always been best at. And so I hope that as I think through this of Lord, you know, keep us on the path, but also keep us serving you faithfully. So um, so I'm ex- I mean, I, I'm nervously excited about the fall. I guess we're already in the fall. It's, it's October. So I guess, you know, I, I'm, I'm already looking at Advent, which is crazy mm-hmm. to think that that's like six weeks away. And um, but it's like we I don't want the church, the big C church and the little C La Jolla Presbyterian mm-hmm. Church uh, to miss the opportunities that God right. puts in front of us right. and the things that are on the path. And I don't want to be distracted by things of this world mm-hmm. and i want to stay focused so right i think that's kind of where i'm at and don't miss out because we're having a lot of fun there is yeah there's things are coming back which right. is great so right. right that's good stuff all right you done i think that's it I'm good sure? for now. Yeah, i've used a lot of words today. nothing else <laughs> i think i'm set all right thank you paul for joining me on the first episode of Woo! season four of the ljpc conversations podcast and thank you to everyone for listening please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode this podcast has been produced by me, Shannon Cunningham, and our wonderful technical director, Justin Kent. Mm-hmm.